Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues remain undefeated in 2023, get their first win of the season, defeating the reigning Premier's Lockie, Geelong, by eight points. Unreal. Is that one of the better Carlton wins you've seen in recent times, mate? Oh, I love that first question. That's actually what I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking about in the life of this podcast, mm. this is up there. This is top five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? You haven't... Okay, you can't just sprinkle that one on me. I want the other four. Can you name some of oh, them? Round one last year. Yep. The Richmond game. I think Jack Noon's after the siren. Yeah. Um, they're, they're the two obvious ones. But this, mate, considering where we were, where we were a oh. week ago, and everyone that listened to our podcast and were messaging <laughs> us saying, good on you boys, you're laying into them. It's off brand for us. And it worked. So. so shout out to us. Oh, clearly, clearly the boys and Vossi must have listened to us um, because we went hard. We said what needed to be done. They went out there and they did it all this week. It was, it was <laughs> unbelievable. And I guess that kind of kicks things off to where I wanted to go because I wanted to start this again with a listener question. I've been doing this the last couple of weeks and I have been enjoying I it. I love it. Because I thought this touched on something that I really wanted to dive into. And it, this one comes from Clarence Worley who asks, you know, he says, that was very satisfying to watch us close out that game against the reigning premiers after all the abuse that we've given the players and coaches this week, which begs the question, are we the most overreactionary fan base in the AFL? What is your response to that mm. one, Lockie? Well, it, I mean, it's an interesting question. Um, I won't speak about the fan base. I think for you and I mm. and the opinions that we kind of shared last week, I don't think that we were overreacting because mm. we were we were looking at the four quarters of footy we'd just seen, which yes. was like clearly no improvement to last year, no apparent game plan in a number of areas. And this week was just so different. Yeah. And oh. so maybe it's overreactionary for me to say that we're going to be able to now do this every week. But mm. I believe that I believe that this is the team that we're going to see this season and that, that last week was the, um, the outlier. I, I hope I hope that is the case. But yeah, I don't think that I went and we went over the top with it. And I 100% get your point. And it kind of all the criticism and everything that we gave them after the Richmond game and why it was so kind of negative, weirdly is because of what they just showed us against Geelong. Like that is mm. why we went so hard because we know what they're capable of. We know what the expectation is. All the problems, all the issues that we laid out there last week, and we weren't alone. Many people were saying the same things and what the issues were. This didn't work well. Why did we do this? What was going on here? This needs to be as, as good as this is. And pretty much every single thing that we laid out, they went and delivered this week. So I kind of feel weirdly vindicated, I suppose, in the opinions that we shared last week mm. because when they went out there and corrected all of those that we listed, we got the result. And again, like that is why we hold them to account because we know that that wasn't good enough because what they showed this week is the Carlton yeah. we think that we're going to get. And that the fact that they can do that, um, I think that's just evident of why we, we do vent our frustrations in that way. It didn't come from a, yeah. like, we are complete rubbish. It's like, I thought we were better than this, I, I guess is, is where I sort of saw it. Yeah, and I think also in response to Clarence's question about the fan base more broader, I think yeah. I think as a fan base, we do react to things harder than most. Yeah. And I think that's also a good thing because that's because we have a fan base that gives a shit about our performances yeah. and mm. we take it harder when we lose and then you see what happens when we win. And people mm. are like, oh, it's like Carlton won the bloody grand final. It's like, yeah, it looks like that to you because we have the best supporter base in the league who actually turn up to games and cheer louder than anybody else. So I, I like mm. it that way. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, and it's it probably clearly shows how far we've come where a few seasons ago, even probably when we started this podcast, a mm. lot was just, oh, I just hope there's effort and these little things because we hadn't seen so much of that. And now it's, yeah. no, we got to win these games of football. And if we're not showing things that we think we're capable of, that's not good enough. And I kind of like the expectation now being pushing this club a little bit bigger into better things, hopefully. But before we get into this game yep. as well, mate, congrats, Lockie. I need to point this oh. out. It's not often that I feel like I praise you on this podcast, but rare. 
in that match build-up this week. <laughs> One of the all-time oh, no. predictions was made, you said, and this was before we saw any journo start to the, the murmurs. This was live and off yes. the cuff. You came out with the bold prediction. When, when talking about team changes, that don't worry, Ian's going to get his two rucks. He's going to get Pitt in there because Jack Martin's <laughs> going to be a laid out. And I can't believe it actually happened. You've pulled one off. Congrats, mate. I just thought that uh, that oh, needed to be acknowledged live on pod. I appreciate that, mate. Chuck it into the Hall of Fame. Um, really <laughs> just playing the odds, you know, calling Jack Martin to come out of the team. You know, it was the odds are in my favor, I guess. So I'll, I'll it, try and do the same with my next prediction. Yeah, calling a Jack Martin injury is a pretty high percentage play, but we like it. We rate the, we rate yourself back in yourself in, and uh, we'll take that every Thanks, single mate. week. Um, and yes, I guess we will be breaking down this game. And I feel like I keep giving these little preambles again, which I love to That's do. Right. But again, it kind of goes off what we we're just talking about. Goes about this game because Vossi was asked post game, was this a landmark moment for this group? <laughs> and I guess I just want to kind of ask you, like, how significant you think this win is for us going forward and kind of going off what you were saying earlier, is this something that can push us forward? And is this how we are going to be for the rest of the season? I I definitely view it as a a landmark performance that will give belief to the players. And I think Vossi, like similar to kind of the little bit of criticism that we gave about his presser last week, he, and it's a good thing that he does as a coach in the media is he doesn't make too big a deal out of the losses. He doesn't make too big a deal out of the wins. So hopefully Clarence likes that because he's he's the level-headed one giving the messaging. But I think there's no doubt. Like he, he said, um, there was a question about the monkey on the back. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, there's never a monkey on the back. Mm. I mean, it sounds good to say that, but you just know that the the players yeah. were, were thinking it late in the game. Mm. So th- there's just no way that a performance like this doesn't build that confidence just mm. a little bit to, for us to be able to back it up going forward and knowing that we would beat the premiers when was the last time we mm. beat the premiers um it ha- sure hasn't BT happened said it was said it was like 2012 which is yeah. unbelievable so that's that's genuinely says hey any game that we show up now we have a fighting chance so mm. of course that gives belief yeah and it's it's an interesting one as well i kind of went into the game i had probably really weird emotion i don't know if this is just the most stupid thing to have going into this game but i was weirdly calm because and i maybe i was building this game up too much but i had this belief that whatever we saw from this game whether it was a win whether it was a loss whatever the performance Mm. was it was going to sum up the rest of the year you know if we put in an incredible shift worked hard for four quarters and pushed along and whether we got the win or not, like that was going to sum up what we we're going to see this year. But if we showed what we did last week, we we're pouring mm-hmm. so many facets of the game. We got absolutely belted by Geelong. I was like, this isn't going to be a good year. And I think there was a weird, there was a weird calmness in me thinking that like, I'll at least know more about this team at the end of the game. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like I got a lot more answers to a lot of my questions that I was posing before oh, yeah. this season from that performance, which is why I think everyone is so positive and into the positivity. We Let's love a it. win and that's where it's going to go because one of the best things about a win is you get to spend the whole episode talking about those positives. So let's No negatives today. None of them. No, we'll still find stuff, but <laughs> of course it's mainly will. positive because I'll, of course I'll find the positive the negatives. Uh, but Lockie, <laughs> what went right for us this week and especially what were those significant factors for you that led to this massive win over the reigning premiers of Geelong. What went right? Man, it's just such a such a stark contrast when mm. I felt like last week the scoreboard flattered us and then this week I feel like we could have won by so much more. And I'm not looking yeah. at that as a negative either. I just feel like we were so much better on the day in mm. pretty much every area. We spoke so much about the way that we transitioned the ball last week. You know that I'm going to that was going to bring that up as my first point here. Who was that team that was playing? Yeah. On Thursday oh. night, in the way that we were like, just let's just lower our eyes, go through the corridor when we can. Not every time, so that it's mm. predictable, but take the risks. If it doesn't come off and they go the other way, we'll take it because yeah. the majority of the time it worked bloody beautifully and their defense couldn't set up. Oh, mate, I could just, yeah. I, I feel like my cheeks are hurting just, think, just thinking <laughs> about it because it, I, I, can't remember the last time we even saw the boys move the ball like that. Mm. No, and 
it was obviously such a big talking point around preseason. It sounded like that's what they were spending all their time and effort on. And then round one happens and it's almost like a pulling your hair out. What is what is happening? It was this slow, bad, just play the whole time. And we, we spoke about it so yeah. much last week and just, I was so impressed. Our ability to you know, push the ball wide to start with and really utilize our wingers. And like, yeah. there's, oh. there's still work on that because there were so many opportunities that we... And I guess like my negative on it, but again, it's it's the best thing is when there's still areas to improve on and you've won, it's so much easier to talk about them because it's like we've mm. we've just beaten Geelong and there's still so many things we can improve on. I think that's totally. such a positive. And there were still so many times that we had options out wide that we didn't use and we mm-hmm. maybe turned the ball over looking for something else. And all we had to do was just sort of, you know, put our head on that 45 either direction and we had options. So it's good to yep. see that the structure's getting there, but I was so impressed with our ability to push that ball wide and then immediately every single time it looked like we were wanting to attack that 45, take the game on. I thought we absolutely owned the corridor for the for most of that game. And even mm-hmm. when we did that, we paced it well. There were, there were times where I think previously, which kind of would have hurt us is we'd take that 45 on and then try to explode even if that wasn't yes. on. It felt there was, there was a bit more maturity at stages where we'd take that game on, realize maybe the option wasn't there take a few seconds and the work rate from everyone to create those short options, slow it down and then build the tempo again. Like it just, that's something that was big, the ability to go fast, go slow and then push again. And that offsets the opposition, just knowing to control that tempo and think, okay, Mm -hmm. they're going slow here. And we burst. There was one from Chera in particular. I remember through the middle takes the mark slows Mm -hmm. and then takes that advantage and burst straight in. And you're just like, this is what, we need to be doing. And I just thought it was, it was very mature. And, and even that ball movement, I think into that forward 50, it felt a lot yeah. more controlled at times. It wasn't perfect, but I mean, just looking at some of the stats and I know some of these aren't massive, but a lot mm-hmm. of it as well was definitely from the eye test. And you look at, we had 48 inside fifties, which was up only by three from 45 last week. But I just think that the way we entered it was a lot better. And you can kind of see that no as we comparison. had 17, 17 marks inside 50, which is up 12. We only had five last week. We had 17 marks inside 50 this week. And that is the difference. You can have as many inside 50s as you want, but if you're not using it well, you're not going to get the rewards out of it. And we ended mm. up having six more shots on target from that. And something the stats won't show is I believe that those six extras and plenty of the others we're getting it in a lot better positions to give ourselves a higher percentage chance of those goals. I was I was so impressed <laughs> with that ball movement. Oh, mate, 100% agree with with it all. I thought, like, we were just so predictable last week and yeah. predictable in a terrible way, like the long to a contest. Mm. Um, yeah, we were, like, running past for the handball, which we were calling out for, playing on yeah. at the right times. Like, and, of course, it didn't come off every time, mm. but... This is going to be a work in progress, as Vossi said, mm. because comparing just to last week, like, yeah. you know, like like McGovern had that kick out that, that got chopped off, but it's the right idea. Like, yeah. if that had just gone over Cameron's head, Doc is off down the middle mm. of the ground. So we're going to take those little, it's not going to work every time right now because we've got the whole season to work on it. Mm. So good. Yeah, and there's obviously execution is still something that is the the building process as you mention it. But mm. apart from probably some stages in that last quarter, I was very happy that yeah, I think is what you're kind of alluding to, where we were ta- we we're happy to take the risk, and when it didn't pay off, we didn't go into our shell. We just kept trying yeah. it and went, yes, that that is the right option. That's what Bossy's telling us to do. If it doesn't come off, that doesn't mean that it's not the right thing. I was just. I kicked it poorly or, or something wasn't hundred percent right there, but we need to just yep. keep going for it because when we play that way, look at it, the results speak for themselves. We absolutely bullied Geelong. And that kind of was my biggest, I think, takeaway from this. And it, I actually can't maybe remember a time I saw this as prevalent and maybe as well, because it was Geelong who for me, historically we've, we've, we've scalped a couple of wins here and there, but Carlton Geelong has always felt like for the past 10, 20 years, it's been a, man, we respect Geelong heaps and mm. they kind of just own the game. And it's it's kind of a hope that we can get maybe a result or get close to them. But yeah. I think what I was so pleased with was, mate, we bullied them physically. 
our physicality towards Geelong, it, I mean, it's that respect word. It was like, why, why do we need to show you respect when we want to be better than you? And it was just this relentless pressure, physicality, mate, they earned every single touch out there. And it was Mm. great. The amount of times Geelong would get the ball and we were on them straight away. I thought TDK was massive in his tackling around the contest and everyone was just relentlessly hounding the continually bumping, tackling every single thing. And that created this every time Geelong got the ball, like they knew impact was coming and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like a little arms around. It was like, we're putting you into the ground. And that was something I don't think I've ever seen totally from Carlton. And it caused, you know, turnovers, unforced errors. It was the perceived pressure along with the actual pressure. How many times would Geelong out? And it was like, Oh no, they've got the fast break. And we somehow through structure, through work rate, through that perceived, Geelong know every time they've got it, they don't have long. The, the hit's coming. Did they turn the ball over or just make take half a second longer mm-hmm. and it just caused a turnover? I mean, that was that's a big step. And I don't know how sustainable that is for this group because we haven't seen it for for long stretches. But for sure. You have you have to take the positive positivity out of that. It was incredible. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, they're the things that aren't showing up in the box score, like how flustered. Geelong were mm. at times because of that perceived pressure, like you say, like get getting a hand in on handballs, yeah. and like it was just constant, like con- constant, relentless pressure. Mm. And then also with the, with the tackles, like you know, it, it's not an insanely high tackle total that we had, but the quality of those tackles yes. where they're the ones that stop a play or mm. that cause a turnover. Um, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm not going to overreact and say that now we're going to. Yeah. Um, that's going to be there every week because it could easily not be there next week. But this is all about just knowing we have it in us to be able mm. to build on it. Yeah. And then that, it just leads back to why last week was so disappointing because we wanted to see what we could do. Yeah, That's why this week was just so amazing. What else did you love from this game, Lockie? Oh, I know there's going to be so many. many things in front of you on your list, but tell me a couple. Yeah. I think one that deserves a big mention is the wingers. Because it was something something in the off season that we were super excited about and weren't sure how long it was going to take to kind of click. And then even last week, we were like, you know, Mm. Acres was Acres probably didn't give us what we expected from him, and they Mm. weren't kind of utilizing him as they could. Yeah, fuck, he played such a good game. And hot take here: Ollie Hollands is going to be a good player. I love that spiciness from you. Clearly, you like very that? high on the on the Scoville rating there. Oh, just <laughs> those are the little things, and like the talents there. Obviously, for Anoli Hollands, you just kind of we saw a couple of glimpses last week, but you're going, yeah, he's just a kid. It's fine, and then yeah, you, you expect him okay over the next few years. He'll slowly build into it, but to see that performance there. He got the 20 touches. He was around everything. The pressure was there. He didn't look like a second gamer. And even you could say that for Lockie Cowan as well. There were a few bursts Mm -hmm. from him that looked really, really good. And I mean, that was, they're the things you want to see, those little signs from these players. And I mean, Blake Akers was unbelievable. Some of his contested marking around the ground. We'll talk about that later when we get into that discussion. But yeah, using those wide players, it created a different dynamic. As I said, being able to, Use the forty-five wide and then cut back in as well. It was just, yeah, it was it was exceptional. Definitely something that was a, a massive positive. And I, the, I think which is why I'm so happy and why I'm so flustered trying to talk about all of this. Everything we spoke about last week, it's a positive now. Kick-ins, Lockie. Yeah, that was something I that know. I at I the ground so. actually being able to be there was so good to kind of see how he structured up, see the full ground, and I was fortunate to be have the behind the goals footage as I was sitting there myself so i was able mm. to see the structure a little bit more and remember uh, the first kick in it's like if they go long to the left i think <laughs> i might i might just leave like this is horrendous but no every single time we went and looked for those short options it's so and it was incredible how when we we're taking the risky kick and we had guys working their ass off to get into those positions to spread to create options for others how easy did we just walk through geelong at times and got that ball out onto the 50, which alleviates so much pressure. And it's why we didn't have that amount of, you know, inside 50, 66 last week. It was 54 this week. And even that, Mm. 
probably feels like slightly high from just viewing the game. And probably a lot of that was in that last quarter because we sort of dominated. It was one of those games where most of the facets of that, that game, it felt like the territory battle and everything, we really owned it. And Geelong, to credit to them, they kept themselves in the game by being really efficient when they had the ball. Their kicks were coming yeah. off the risky ones and they were able to really be efficient in front of goal. Obviously, you know, Jeremy Cameron, that was one of the best individual performances I think I've ever seen. He just wouldn't miss. And He's I think so I loved rude. it. I loved Vossi's honesty in the press conference where he just goes, could he just miss one, please? Like that felt like a fan. I absolutely love that like from it. him. But that was kind of the the another positive for me was that exit out of D50 and the, and the, it's ball use again and, and the kick-ins. We just allowed ourselves just some territory for once, which, yeah, it makes the life of the defenders a, a lot easy for them. Yeah, 100%. All right. I'm going to sliver in a little negative here, because, but it's a positive. Yeah. Because I did – I completely agree with everything you say and I think a lot of it was mindset and – and the game plan, but it was the work rate, like you said, and yeah. guys working to get into good positions. And in the fourth quarter, you could tell that mm. we were getting tired and that yeah. work rate was slowing down and we, and we couldn't get to those positions, which is why we had to go to more of those contested situations where mm. we were able to deliver in this game. But my, my hope is that as we continue to build, we'll be able to at least have a little bit more of yeah. that work rate going late in the game. But I'm just going to... I'm just going to drop that there. That's just oh, another worry. area we can improve. Exactly. And, and in a win, when you talk about improving, it's it's so much nicer. And don't worry, we'll, ch- we'll talk about that last quarter. I've got a little bit of a segment for that later. But Great. let's keep these positivity going. I've got I've got two more big ones, but I'll, I'll let mm-hmm. you take the uh, the reins here if okay. you have any others, Lockie. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways I could go. I mean, this is one just for everybody. I think you asked me at the end of the last or the build-up pod, like what what is it going to be that gives us the win? Um, and it was no passengers. Yeah. And as I think back on this game, I think everyone per- personally, I think contributed in a, a way that mm. we expected them. Um, and I guess I'll give I'll give a shout out to the small forwards because one yes. of my concerns oh. was was rolling in with always oh, Motlop and Durden and whether we would get. Mm. the output from the, the, that we needed we got the goals we got the pressure that's yes if we get that every week from those three i'm stoked no you you've absolutely nailed that and i mean that was that was gonna be my next segment anyway so i think we may as well just talk oh, about those small forwards because we put so much heat go. on them last week we went through each individual that was down there talked about you know, what they were doing, their stat lines, and it was it was pretty bad. Like, I want to run through, like, you know, a couple of them just to kind of compare yeah, what it was it. like this week. You know, Fisher, he had seven disposals last week, and that just wasn't wasn't good enough. And he only had the three, you know, score involvements, which is good for those seven disposals, but we're like, okay, if he's getting seven touches, three of those are score involvements, well, he needs to get the ball more. And what's he do? He backs it up, 19 disposals. Three yep. tackles this week, gets his goal up into five score involvements. And while it's yep. interesting, I maybe didn't notice him as much with those 19 disposals, but there yeah, were that. times in particular where when he did have the ball, he was pushing it forward for us. And for me, there's still another level for Fisher to go up, but it was just so Definitely. pleasing to see that he was around the ball a lot more. There wasn't stages of that game where I was going, gee, is Fisher even on the field? I, I was noticing him around there and did use it well. Um, going into uh, Motlop, who last week had the 10 disposals, probably one of the better ones. Um, yeah. But five five turnovers, which was pretty, pretty bad. And, you know, this week he gets his 12 disposals, one tackle, one goal, five score involvements, five, 14 pressure acts. Mm. It was a lot better from him. I thought he was probably one of the more quiet ones out of the few, but mm-hmm. half, the, half the stat lines probably don't even show what it was because there were certain little things and it's getting a hand in, it's getting a little bit more pressure around the ball user. That isn't a stat, but it'll oh, lead to a hunting. turnover. And there was so much of that from Motlop around keeping that ball in our forward 50 around the contest that I really loved from him. Uh, and and I love it. I love his celebration as well. When he kicks that goal, that was something I was oh, noticing yeah. from those small forwards, just like the, and this is the best thing about us having just like the most bloody fans in the world is mm. you get a goal and they're sprinting to the crowd to like yeah, G them up. And it. it's just, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like Dave, they're clearly feeding on it. And that's just so encouraging to see. And another big man, Matty Owies, last week yep. we were, were very 
harsh on his game. We're saying, is he is he best 22? Should he even keep his spot? I know I was saying, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure I'm seeing enough from him. Had 10 disposals last week, five turnovers. Didn't really do a lot. And then this week, mate, he was the one that got all the reward for everyone's effort. 13 disposals, mm-hmm. two tackles, three goals, seven score involvements, 15 pressure acts. He was definitely one of our best out there. And the, the most positive thing I can say about this man is I never feel nervous when he has a set shot in front of goal. Yeah. And there's probably not many players exactly. in our team that I feel calm when he's taking a set shot, but credit to Matty Owies. Every time he's there, I'm going, don't have to worry about this. I know this is going straight through. Um, mm. And the last two I'll touch on before I can let you speak. Is, no, this, is this is beautiful. The, Sauce last week, obviously he was in the ruck a little bit. It wasn't great. It was five disposals, two tackles, one goal, two marks. This week, 13 disposals, one tackle, six score involvements, four marks. I thought he was probably the most quiet out of all those sort of smallish, more forwards. Great. Potentially why I got subbed off as well and we got a bit more leg speed in there. But I wasn't going out of that game saying that Jack Silvani was horrendous or anything like that, I thought. He presented a little bit more and it was nicer to see his role back out of the ruck as that sort of half forward. And then the difference here, mate, last mm. week it was Jack Martin, six disposals, Your man. three tackles, four score involvements. Guess who we bring in this week? Corey Durden, eight disposals, five tackles, one goal, six score involvements, 21 pressure acts tied with Chera, which was the fourth team high for us. I think that was the difference. Yeah. The pressure that that man brought set that tone early. God, we missed that in our team. I guess, what did you make of the difference between last week to this week? Take me through the small yeah. forwards, Lockie. Could, could have had more than one goal as well, I think, yeah. with, for Dirge, which would have made it look even better. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm eating my words uh, with my uncertainty mm. about them. I'm glad you said this though, because when I saw Fisher had 19 touches, I was like, what? I <laughs> swear I saw 10. Yeah. Um, so that was good. But it, yeah, it was an obvious improvement from last week. Mm. So in no way am I sold yes. on, on it. But, you know, we were we were very down on it all last week. And, mm. and, and it, this is an example that it, it can work when everybody puts their hand up. I think that the sauce sub was a good one. Um, yeah, and, and while I, I thought he was better, and it was great that he, what you know, we had Pitt and TDK to share the majority of the work, as we'll talk about. Mm. Still, still would love to see a bit more. But look, we yeah. don't have to have not every all twenty two have to be a star every week. Everyone needs to just play their role, and I felt mm. like that's what we got this week. No, one hundred percent. And oh yeah, I was just so impressed with the pressure they were bringing. It was just such a difference from, from last week. It's a, And the work rate higher up the ground, so many pushing up. It was just, it was great to see. And I think we have to talk about it because I was, again, very fortunate that I was behind the goals for this one and was able to just see this bend. I don't know how. It felt like it defied the laws of physics. <laughs> Corey Durden did his best Mark Murphy impersonation with this one. Yeah. How amazing was that goal? That was genuinely incredible. That bit of magic for yeah. him. Something out of nothing. Um, mm. God, I love him so much. And like, it reminds me a little bit of like, cause he did that in that Brisbane game that we, we lost late last year where he comes on as the sub and kicks that out of nowhere from the boundary line and seeing those little mm-hmm. things from the small forwards, knowing they're still super inexperienced. It's very, it's very, it's very good to see. And interestingly in our match build up, you said, not sure I've seen, a good game or can recall one where all three small forwards have, have played. Well, yeah. they must've been there listening. I hope Vossi had that clip in those change rooms <laughs> and you said, boys, you're welcome. I don't think you can do it. Go out there and show it. And Prove I think that wrong. proves us all wrong. And that's what we want to see when we, when we give these boys a bit of a pump up, give them a bit of a rocket because we think they're better and we want to see it. And so every time we're proven wrong, it's, it's the best thing in the world. Uh, I've got two last massive positives that I, I wanted to touch on. Firstly, Paddy Cripps game. One that will go under the radar massively because he wasn't doing the flashy Hollywood Cripps-like things that you normally see. But I thought yep. he played an inc- – that's the captaincy game I want from him. Selfless, didn't have to be going down forward, didn't have to get the ball on the outside. He replaced, you know, the, the, some some of Hewitt's work in there. He was the one on the ground, on his hands and knees, trying to win that ball for us, getting the ball out, yeah. doing the hard yards. And I just thought that was incredible. You won't notice a lot of his disposals, but it was because he was getting it out to the likes of Kennedy and Chera. 
and and moving us forward and yeah i think mm-hmm. as a leader that's almost more of the crips that i want to see and, and i hope that now he's won the brown though he's got that award you might see a bit more of this where he doesn't necessarily need those big games those big marquee in the lights 70 meter runs without a bounce he doesn't need to be doing that every week just go in there and win the hard ball what did you make of i guess patty crips's uh, game of course uh, i don't know much to add he just works so bloody hard yeah like the, the repeat efforts um mm. Just the kind of bloke that brings everyone up around him. Yeah. And I mean, watching this game, again, all I'm thinking to myself is like, God, I just want this man to hold up that premiership cup. He just deserves it so badly. Yeah, he does. He does. And then the last big one, it's obviously we could talk about Sard's game forever and we probably will at some stage, but I really just wanted to talk about the, the coaching decision around Sard. And I thought that this was something new, something I haven't seen and I absolutely Mm. loved it. And that was, how many times do we struggle a little bit with small forwards, getting the matchup right? Who do we put on them? Who plays the small defender? And we've chucked Buddy Sardi on, on Stengel and he killed him. He made We made him have to be accountable. If Saab's running the other way, that means Stengel has to work. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was something I have not seen from this coaching group. And that could be something we see going forward. Because Saad, we know he's good one-on-one defensively, but if he's able to hurt yep. you the other way, that's almost how you as well get him off the leash. Like you were talking about having someone running beside, getting the hands off and utilizing the best mm-hmm. out of Saad. We've maybe unlocked something here. And I think that could be the best way to start stopping those small forwards. It was it was something yeah. new, which was good. Oh, he, he again, he looks so different to last week too, where he just seemed a little bit, a little bit slow last week. Like he didn't really, I don't know. The care factor just didn't seem yeah. as high as it normally is from Saadi. So mm. yeah. Great performance from him. Great to see him bounce back. And so now we'll kind of turn a little bit towards, I wouldn't necessarily say negativity, more a bit more. Mm. Let's look for areas of improvement and we'll sort of talk about that that last quarter. And and I wanted to get your thoughts on how you felt we managed it. Obviously, go in with a, with a plus 20-point lead into that last quarter. Obviously, yep. the nerves are there. that We're all sitting there in the stands or at home going, can they hold on? Can they show us? I've got another opportunity. We've been here again. I was getting a bit of flashbacks. Unfortunately, I was in the same seat as I was, round 23. Girlfriend next to me, it was mm. the exact same scenario. And it's like, oh, no, please, please figure this out. So I guess what did you make of that final quarter? Ability to absorb it and get the win. Oh, I love that you chucked that word in there. That's just exactly what I was just going to say. I've never heard Welcome. someone say the word absorb so much <laughs> in, a, in a post-game presser as Fossey. Um which was quite funny. Um, Make it in your drinking game, surely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't really, I think others would be more negative on the last quarter than me because mm. we know with, you know, how mature you and I are, so many years of football that we've watched in our 26 years. But we know that like it's a game of, it, it goes each way. And yeah. we're versing the premiers. They're going to come at some mm. stage. So I'm I'm more proud of the boys for their absorbing, let me say mm. absorb, and not letting them run over the top. Like they were always going to kick some goals in that yeah. last quarter. Uh, maybe that's a negative take, but that's it's Geelong and it's Jeremy mm. Cameron. It was going to happen. Yeah, and I thought the way that, that that they got those goals is not the not the end of the world to me. Mm. The commentators were talking about us tightening up. I. I I didn't even really see it that way. Like Geelong were good and we made some minor mistakes, but I thought I thought we did a pretty mm. good job at it. Wasn't a really a much of a coherent answer there because I'm still coming to terms with it all, but yeah. I'm not I'm not disappointed. I'll put it that way. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was an improvement definitely. There's still clearly areas to grow with it. But yeah, like you know that the the three-quarter time speech um, in the Geelong huddle is going to be, mate, we'll win this by 10 goals because Carlton, this is what they do. Yeah. They're in front. It means nothing. They're going to crumble. They're weak. Just go mm-hmm. out there. This is your chance. And that's kind of the mentality I feel most teams will have against us is you're never out of this game because Carlton could just absolutely stuff it up and implode. And yeah, like you knew they were going to come hard early and they, 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 they the goals they kicked early into that quarter were just really good goals. I don't think there's too much you can do yeah. to stop a lot of that. And I, I think sort of after that, 
we probably went into our shell a little bit, probably for the first uh-huh. five, 10 minutes. It did feel as if there was this nervousness. And I know that was definitely the, the feeling in the crowd, which I, I want to get to a little bit later. I have a bit of a d- discussion for that one. But okay. I felt the players sort of, we went away and we tried to play a little safer, which I understand that's kind of what has been, I guess, what we've done. We, we've kind of gone away a little bit from what we've done well and that's hurt us in the past. And I guess that the challenge for this group is to challenge that, to not just go back to the long down the line and the, and the percentage plays. It's continually doing what you were doing well in those you know first three quarters where we were dominating every single facet. And it sort of took a little bit for us to work into it, but I felt like mm. we started to slowly grind back in. The pressure started to lift. As you say, like the word absorb, it's the, it's the word of the day, but we did, we, that yeah. we weren't didn't seem too phased when the ball was coming in, and I was incredibly pleased with just the defensive structure. I felt our defense for the whole game held up reasonably well. We didn't allow a lot of easy looks, and you know what can you do when when Jeremy Cameron literally isn't missing any half opportunity he's got like that? Hmm. It's one of those games where he's getting half a chance and he's bearing it. I don't know what else you can really do. And once we sort of built in, I think what I was really happy with was how we I felt we managed it. I think we did take time off the clock. We were looking for those short options. The work rate came into it again a little bit where we were yeah. just, we had the ball and it wasn't just down. Every single person was was communicating with someone else saying, hey, take your time, go to the mm-hmm. left. We've got options, switch the play, milk a couple yep. of minutes off. And I started to feel a bit more confident. It started to go all right. And we get our goal. I think it was always the kick that one in the last and we probably yep. needed one more and we were maybe a little bit unlucky at times, but I think, yeah, like you said, there was a bit of execution errors. You've got that Gov kick in that that's the right option. He just didn't nail it. And I was worried that we were going to completely go into our shell there. But yeah, yeah. there was a couple of those ones. The Sard one where he just sort of explodes and kicks it to nowhere. And we just yeah, weren't set yeah. up. We were not set up for that turnover. And that was going <sighs> to yeah. hurt us. But that was like, one you that got the- me a bit. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't perfect. And I think there's still room to clearly grow, but. I think structurally we were good. The intent was there. Execution still needs to build, but you're hoping that this kind of gives you that confidence that, hey, when you did the right things, you held on, you did it. And I think the last thing was, and maybe this is a positive, maybe this is a negative, but you've got some talent in that team that when you're under a bit of pressure and you need some assistance, our players stepped up this week and took it. Harry was massive in that last quarter with his inter- with his big pack marking. Unreal pushing him up the ground. I liked what I saw from Charlie trying to just bury it in that hole and push back. That was an interesting coaching move to just say, hey, Mm -hmm. get the big boys down here. At many stoppages, we were getting, you know, TDK to push deep as well to get that extra tall. And then you look at Young and Akers too, some of their their marks late. And you got a big shout out to Ollie Hollins as well. Him going back with the flight again. That's two weeks in a row just to get a fist on it. My second gamer is so small as well. That's... It's just incredible. And those are the little moments that you want to take out of that game in that last quarter and say, this is it, boys. Look what happens when you do this. That's why you won the game. Perfect, perfect summary, mate. Uh, I think one other kind of little play that sticks in my mind was where we did move it up the wing really well. And O'Brien was in that chain. And Durden had it outside 50. And he he goes for Kerno in the pocket. And Kerno goes for the chest mark. And it's like, he just had his hands out there. He would have taken it turned around and dobbed that goal mm. and it's game over. Like it's just those. Yeah. We, we don't like and to it, overanalyze the, 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 those little points, but like for me, that could have just have easily come off and mm. it wouldn't have even been close. Yeah. And it might've been that one or there was definitely another where we we're moving the ball and we, we had it and then we we're looking for inside 50, but we did mm. have two options straight out to the left. We had two guys by themselves on the wing. And yeah. it was just kind of like those little learning moments that where I was saying we're, we're getting used to starting to use the ball wide. It, it's not something exactly. we've done because we haven't had these plays in those positions. But those little elements of improvement where we can have the ball and just look to your left, head on a swivel. Oh, got two yeah. blokes out there. That's the better percentage play right now. There's yards of space. They can deliver it inside 50, but that's 30 seconds. And we can set up. If I don't have the direct option, it just buys us some time. And maybe we can even start 100%. to slowly work it like we did. But yeah, it's positive that when you get the result, it's so easy, to, so much easier to look at these things and with such a more positive light. And I guess my only kind of negative, and it, maybe maybe phrasing it as a negative is 
is not the right thing to do. I think this is a bit of area improvement for us fans and something that, look, mm. look we've, we've got a bit of a podcast. We, we've got our voice out to a few people. It's obviously not the biggest thing in the world. And I don't know how much change I can, I can actually have, but this is a bit of constructive feedback to, you know, the cheer squad and, and the Carlton fan base and what I'm kind of hoping for. And I guess it's my opinion anyway, so maybe it's wrong. Who knows? But yeah, that, that last quarter starts, Geelong kicked the first couple and it is dead silent. You could hear a pin drop at that ground. And I get it. We are nervous as hell. The players are a bit nervous, but I just think we almost need to try and change our mentality. And this is something that's big for me. I've mentioned this a few times on pod from like English soccer and particularly as a mm. Liverpool fan, like the big thing that is known in world football is the Liverpool crowd at, at home at Anfield and what that can do. Liverpool are known as the team that comes back from games that they shouldn't win when we play at Anfield. Well, Champions League will be four goals down, go to that game, the crowd draws us over the line and out of nowhere we win, we win football games. And that's what I want us to do. When things are going wrong, when we get a goal conceded against us, I know yeah. we're nervous, but if we're nervous and we're silent, I feel like that's going to play and, and add to what is going on in the ground. And I was trying yep. to fire it up. There was a big shout out to the man behind me, one of the greatest fans <laughs> I've ever had. He was an absolute unit. He was going all day, getting everyone excited on level two. But mm. I just wanted us as a fan base, when these moments happen, mm-hmm. start cheering. If Geelong kick a goal, mate, it is not cringe to stand there and give the old, you know, Carlton or just whatever it is. Like, Absolutely. Let's get the noise back. Let's push these boys and try to wheel them over the line. And that's what I want. I don't want us to be silent when things aren't going our way. And I get mm. that's kind of the Australian mentality of, oh, well, we're not playing well. So what can we do? We can't talk. And that's kind of the weird thing that we all seem to do. But I want to change that. I want to challenge that. I want us to go Love out it. there, regardless if we're 10 goals down, we've paid money. We're here. Let's cheer them on. Let's try to rise up and push these guys out there because I felt like when that started to happen late and we were there'd be a spoil and the crowd was up praising every single action, felt like that lifted things around. And I just yeah. wonder that when those moments happen, when the teams start to get on top, if you just keep pushing, keep chanting these boys' name, get that noise up, who knows, it might lift them. And, and that's my mm. challenge to, to us all Carlton fans. Let's, oh. let's be the best, most supportive bloody fan base out there because – when we kick a goal, it's great. It. When it goes the other way, I want to be hearing the same noise. Let's push them. Absolutely love that, mate. I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to be the loudest one. Yes. I'm going to be, loud. I'm going to be louder than you. So I 100%. love that. Very good call. Reckon... Yes. And uh, we've touched on it a little bit, but any other final thoughts on the two, two youngsters? Second game in from both of them. We've touched on their points, but yeah. were, you, were you very impressed with what you saw? Of course. I mean, yeah, definitely... Uh, Big Moo deserves a shout out. Like, yes, just the twelve touches um, off the halfback back pocket, but like, good things are happening every time he's near it. So tough, um, so like he's so good at taking a tackle, and then still yeah. managing to get the hands out. Like, oh boy, he's gonna be a pretty good player too. I think it's just so good to see from the from mm. some second gamers. Like, yeah, from the history that we've had since the the Bolton rebuild of having young mm. players. And then we had that little stretch where we were like, oh, look, we don't have to play any of the kind of first-year yeah. players anymore. Now we've got some injuries, so we've got to give them a chance. Mm. And boy, they're, they're delivering on what we needed from them. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most was it was another big occasion. Pressure was almost on more than it was last week to, to mm-hmm. get a result, to show us something. And the occasion didn't phase either of them. They almost grew into it more, I, I felt. And yeah, just the, their ability to take the game on. There were times where Ollie Hollands looked like one of the most composed guys out there. I loved, I can't remember if it led to a goal, but there was one passage. He was sort of in the middle of the ground, just outside 50, had the ball. He could have easily taken off, but he just got it, pivot, looked around, found the right option, gave himself that time. He wasn't phased. He wasn't rushed. I think that's the incredible mm. thing that they're two games in. They haven't fully adjusted to the pace of AFL. But if they're showing these little glimpses now, my God, we could have some incredible yeah. players going forward. Actually, I've got another negative I want to chuck in there. I need, it's been two weeks, I need an Akers, Hollands, or Cowan goal. Give me, yes. give me a goal from one of those, from one of those new boys. We we're close. We we're close. We almost oh, we had so it. Close. We almost had it. It'll come next week uh, when, when we're not there. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. But before we get into the fan votes, there's one man that I need to personally give. A shout out to someone we haven't discussed so cool. far throughout this game because 
went pretty hard on him last week. And I think oh, he deserves yes. an absolute shout out for his performance. And that is, of Absolutely. course, big Edward Kerno. I mean, yeah. I saw his game last week. I wasn't impressed. I was trying to, in the offseason, pump him up, thinking, okay, maybe he can do this role, whatever. And then what I saw last week was so disheartening that I was like, oh, we need to go past this guy. But look, mm-hmm. I still don't think, I'm trying not to like put negatives onto this and, and bash the guy. He's, he, I don't think he's in our best 22. I think when you get a Walsh and Hewitt back, he moves yep. out. But if we need him, if there's injuries and you need the depth <laughs> yeah. in, if that's what he does every single time, or even like 70% of that, Mate, I have no issues. I have no issues. Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, his foot skills aren't amazing and there's that out on the full late that, like, could have helped us manage the clock better. But, like, like that's it. That's just him and it's everything else he needs to be doing around the ball, going in there. I thought him replacing Hewitt as well, helping the run of Walsh late. It was one of those guys being able to move around the ground because he's because of his tank, because of his endurance that was so helpful in those in those final moments, I just have mm. to give a big credit to him because while I'm harsh in my criticism, I feel like I have to be equally as positive in my praise if I'm going to do it. And so I just had to had to oh, mention wait. that there. Yeah, and I, I felt like he was doing a good job of, of lowering his eyes and not doing yeah. the, the quick, frantic 30-meter kick straight to the opposition that yeah. frustrated us in the past as well. So, yeah, well-deserving of, of a bit of Ian praise. Look at us. Everyone's getting a bit of praise this week. It feels good. Exactly. We'd love to see it. And now we'll go into our our fan votes. Let's touch on yes, it. Um, gee, there were so many, so many, which we love to see. Making my life very hard, but I'm very happy <laughs> that it's hard because it means we've won a game of footy. We've a system for the adding of these votes, but it'll come. I do. I need to, I need to find a some, sort of, let us know. some sort of online system that I'm too dumb to, to figure out that everyone can just put in their votes and it automatically... Mm. Adds it up for us. But we'll get with 34 votes, he gets the one this week, and that is Blake Akers with his performance wow. against the Cats. Narrowly in second with 46 votes, it is Adam Saad for his incredible performance. And then bit of a landslide in there with 96 votes. It was, of course, King Charles, Charlie Kerno. Who? Just unbelievable. His ability to finish just about everything. His two-step bomb from 50 that just sails through I, there's no other player that can do that he is just exceptional lucky who have you given your votes to this week yeah i'm pretty aligned with the people this week i went charles three as well um acres two and god i wanted i really wanted to be able to give hollands a vote but i've gone sad with one is, is absolutely fair i uh i really wanted to give hollands or kennedy or cripper a vote i thought kennedy was tremendous out there he's probably the closest we could have got this one he was just he was great on the inside great on the outside he did almost everything you could have asked but the one goes to adam Saad. i don't think these three players can miss out on votes two i've given to charlie kerno which is maybe a little bit stiff but i just thought the influence particularly of blake acres in the middle of the park was doing everything so he's he's get he's got my three share the votes around to someone else and yeah i guess from what we saw as well last week maybe he's why he gets bumped up a little bit, but all three of those guys yep. are definitely deserving of votes for me. Yeah. Yeah. The other little thing I just want to say on Acres, like I think in the off season, I remember him mentioning how he'd, he'd be interested in a bit of kind of midfield, like being in the core a bit of time as well yep. and not just on the wing. Um, and I felt like with Hewitt out, there was a few opportunities where he was kind of around in that role yep. and he was delivering. Like yeah. he, he, he's versatile. God, I'm excited for what we're going to see from him this season, an All-Australian season. 100%. So let's speed through this. We've got something special again, Lockie. Here we go. The, the, the segment's back. It's here for one more week. Hopefully it keeps going. <laughs> In here, what you've got to say. Here we go. The Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, and raise a pinky for the navy blue corner Hall of Fame. Oh, we're back. Oh, it's on the Hall of Fame. It's on like returned. continuous seven-day contracts, isn't it? The Hall of Fame. You never know if it's going to get another week, but it's it has. 
the, the, negotia- the, the negotiations each week, uh, they're very long. They're tenuous, but it's managed to survive for one more week. I feel like the intro is the reason it's, it gets one more week. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I feel like we may have the same. I was going to say the entrant. same so I'm going to give it to you. Things. I'm going to give it to you because I, I've, I'm, I've got a couple of things that I could throw into there. So I'm going to allow you to induct the uh, <laughs> the first one for this week, round two. Here you go, Lockie. I thought chance. the same thing. And so I was going to bring it back up. And then I'm like, no, that's not what this is about. This is about the best of the best. And if we want to bring the same. But now we're not going to have the same. This is <laughs> We, we work well, we, these we, things up so much. Here we go. Lay it on me though, Lucky. I want to hear yours. I want to hear it because it it's got to be. It's got to be the hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, and you even posted it. You didn't let oh. it die. You didn't let it just go. No. Nah. Well, I was gonna, you know, forgotten, but we're obviously gonna bring it up here. Um, do you want to talk us through the play? Oh, it was great. Um, the Kerno brothers set themselves up. Gets the goal. Paddy Cripps. He's standing there going, yes, boys, give me the high five. And it's like, mate. The high 10. Paddy Cripps, yeah, sorry, not even the high five. He's gone both out and he just stands there. Uh, embarrassing for him. Of course, mate, you've got the brothers. Of course, they've barely played together. Yeah, They're it's out bad here wanting to celebrate against them, with themselves and a bit cringe from Paddy Cripps. He's got to realize it's not all about him at times. We get it, <laughs> mate. You've won a Brownlow medal. We, we get it. You're an absolute superstar. But this one's about those boys. Let them have it. Get out of the way next time. I don't even want to see you near him. Um, yeah. But my, my immediate reaction was, no, this is on Charlie. <laughs> like, that's the skip. That's the Brownlow man, the heart and soul. Dude. You give him his love. But in hindsight, absolutely not. Get out of there, Cripper. Straight to the bench with you, mate. Let them have their moment. Mate, you might you might be the skipper, but you're getting dragged for that behavior. Get off. <laughs> absolutely. Let, Maybe let dropped, brothers go off. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I almost agree. But yes, that was going to be mine. And this is the issue. I've got about seven things I almost want to induct, oh, which, is, which is hard, which is very hard. So I've got to pick one. And right. it almost could have gone in last week, but I wasn't at the ground. I'm Ooh. there this week. Got to witness it myself. I can't believe that the Carlton fan base does this and I love it and it needs to take off more and I want to take it to the next level. I'm talking about crowd participation. Anytime Lockie Cowan gets near the ball, the fact that we are actually mooing may be the greatest thing that any fan base has ever done. Like we've brought back the wolf and that's one thing. The fact that it's not even a kick or disposal. It's when he's in the presence of the ball, like a five meter radius, you start hearing moo every single time. And it is just, I love it. It's We need to start getting more barnyard sounds, I reckon, from the crowd. We need yeah. more of this weird stuff for every single player where someone gets near the ball and we're just yelling something stupid. That goes into the Hall of Fame because this was like a meme mm-hmm. that people were like, oh, it'd be funny as if we mooed for him. Oh, no, we're doing it. It's a It spread now. quickly, didn't we it? We moo him. And I, I, look, I, I was hesitant in the preseason when I heard about this. Um, we, we spoke about it on this podcast wasn't sure if we wanted the whole barnyard there, but boy, I've been yeah. mooing like crazy both weeks. So, <laughs> it's so good. I, I'm a contributor and it's, yeah, it's great. I'm not sure that uh, like other supporters know what's happening. Like I think the, the wolf thing is. Oh, I don't know idea. People think we're just booing him. They're like, why are they? It's reason. second game, mate. Why are you booing him? They hate him already. It's like, no, no, no. It's a moo, mate. We love it's it. We love the cow. So yeah, hopefully we can get some more. Some more barnyard animals out there. Something yeah. a bit crazier. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll have to park a couple of the other things that maybe could have gone in for the later weeks. But those are the two inductees this it. week. The tires can come off now. The ceremony is over. Oh, thank the Lord. And let's jump into some uh, some fan questions, Lockie. Let's speed roll through them. There was plenty this week because when you get a win, it's a lot easier to talk about things. And uh, yeah, what do the what do the listeners have for us? Listener questions, aka. Force Ian not to sit on the fence, which with some things he's not prepared for. The run sheet man. (laughs) Oh, there's so much good stuff here. Let me let me let you get philosophical for a little bit. Jay Smith, what are we capable of if we can believe in ourselves? Oh, Jay. Like it's genuinely what you say, Lockie, and it's it's the nuffiest thing to say, but you can genuinely win the flag with that. Yeah. Like it. A team outside the eight always finishes like in the top four. It's like a thing that statistically keeps happening. That can be us this year. 
if we play like that, it's within us. We've shown it against a team we don't normally do it against. We've got the big tall forwards up there. There's still so much to improve on. Mate, there's no reason that this team can't go on a run, get some momentum. Stranger things have happened. Think about Melbourne. Think about Richmond. It happens. 100%. Uh, We've got a comment here from our man, Adrian. Shout out to Adam Saad. Started Ramadan on Thursday, meaning he wouldn't have eaten that morning. Phenomenal. Oh, and weird one. I'd love to get the stats on this, but I feel like his best games are always through this period as well. There is something about that man fasting that he becomes better. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether we just have to deprive this man of food throughout the whole season. Yeah, I don't know if that's allowed, if that's breaches some sort of safety issues. I feel like that's maybe more of an Adelaide Crows venture that they'd kind of <laughs> come up with, potentially, a little bit of a regime. Maybe that's what Jack Martin Ooh. needs. Maybe he needs to just stop eating, stop something, try something new with that. Gee, is. It's working for Sadi. Unbelievable from him. I don't know how he does that, it. Mate, if I'm not eating unex- for half an hour, I can't function. <laughs> That was an unexpected drive-by for the Crows. I didn't we see that coming in this show, but I'm glad it's here. And Jack Martin um, too, mate. They're all here. Well, Oh, that was expected. I knew that was coming at some <laughs> stage. And we've still got more to come. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Um, got a couple of questions here in a similar vein. I'm, I'm keen to hear your, your take. So from Bryza, do you think the Ruck combo was the contributing difference to last week? Mm. Sauce off the chain, TDK all over the mm. place, and Pitt sold as. I see how they can all work together after that game, and the small for the small forwards were were in were in amongst everything. Yeah, no, that's on Briza there. I'm not taking that one. That's that's, oh, that's to Mark, grab it. You can't there. be Sorry, put, you can't be pushing the, the uh, rude. And then in the same in the same little ecosystem from Sarah, do we go with the two rucks the rest of the year? Seems like a great mm. option. How how do you feel I'm, about how that went? I'm glad the fans brought this up because I had this as a note and I must have lost it. It's not on my run sheet. So I'm glad the two rucks is in there because, yeah, like I was incredibly impressed with it. You were back in it in the offseason. You were giving me the data, the hard facts saying, hey, mate, when every time it works, (laughs) we win. We go out there, we win. It's happened again. And I think what I was nervous about was what can De Koning offer when he's not in the ruck because we all agree – we think Pitt's a better tap ruckman and he, he blocks and all of those things. And that played out really well. I think that helped oh, us, the physicality in there. But I thought De Koning was massive. I thought he pretty much almost played better myself. His tackle pressure, his clearance work, his ability, and this is so good. His positioning was so good against a Reece Stanley and a Blitzars in there that he's able to just go, mate, I'm grabbing this out of the ruck and putting it on the boot. And I thought that that was something that we haven't seen a lot from him. I thought he competed a lot better. Him around the ground was a lot nicer. I thought he was there to something that won't get. It's not a stat. He's a smartness to, that's not even a word, but I'll use it to block, to allow our key tools I noticed it to too. take those contested marks. That's an, that's a, that was incredible from him. It is, it is something I haven't seen him do, but his body positioning was great. And that is something moving forward that we need around the ground. And if he's just doing that and not getting it on the stat sheet every week and then you know, Harry and Charlie are allowed to market a lot more, get us out of trouble. Yeah. I'm excited for the two rucks. I'm still not 100% sold, but I prefer it over any other option at this stage. I think yeah. TDK has shown, shown me enough now. I'm seeing enough, which is what I challenged him. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, I agree. And I think I, I liked the flexibility that we had to take Sauce off as the sub to get O'Brien's legs on. Um and if it wasn't working with the two rucks, we, it could have been yeah. hit. Or could have mm. been the one then um, as well. I like so it. I think we keep we keep moving with it. Let's roll with it. Have you got a nickname for Mickey Cerevolo? <sighs> See, this is this is the difficult thing. See, I mean, we had a bit of a chat after the episode, straight <laughs> after it, and um, there weren't some good nicknames. I think the best one we came up with bis- was Biscuits, which is a very convoluted. <laughs> Convoluted nickname. It was Volo into Iced Vovo into Biscuits. <laughs> moved into Arnie for Arnold Terminator. There's a lot of things you could call him. But I reckon Michael Superbad Cerevolo could be the one to go with here. <laughs> it could be the one. I don't mind it. So Superbad, what has he got for us this week? Superbad asks, is Corey Durden a lock all year? The stats might not show it, but he was everywhere. A huge pressure player. Mm. I guess maybe a good kind of little segue off this. How, how are you ranking the the smalls at the moment? Do you, do you have Dirds or Motlop ahead? 
Oh, that's tough. Weirdly, like, that's I feel tough. like you have to have two of them in there. So I've got them kind of next to each other. I'd probably have Motlop Ooh, over offensive. for... Well, I'd probably have Motlop <laughs> over for his goal kicking. If I was, if I, if you, if you gun to my head, making me off that fence, telling me to, yeah. to vote either one of them, it's probably Motlop. But no one in this team, and it was so clear from the bounce, there's no other small forward in this team that offers the pressure Durden does. And there's a reason we play yeah. better with him in the side for me. So I think he's a lock for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree. And always plays better with those when those two are taking loads as well. Yeah. That's a that's well, a bad that's a bad splice of audio there. I tell you what, that's not a good one. Lockie's lost I it. Did, I didn't know. Taking the pressure off others, I, I think, is probably what should be uh should be said there. I hope they're not it's doing been, the other. Or maybe they can. Whatever whatever they'd like to do. Speaking of that, forward whoever gets line, to the W. Our man, mate. Let me let me let me help you here. Let me help you push push through this. <laughs> our boy Jakey B over in the States. How about that calf tightness? How much mm. of a factor was that late charge? Oh, was that late? Boy, look. Okay. <laughs> oh, guys. Stop throwing the listeners under the bus, Lockie. Learn to read, mate. What is going on I'm, here? I'm starting to think that this is intentional to make me seem like I can't read on the bus. From now, from now on, I want every question to be just like not readable not legible so lucky just looks like he can't read please is jack martin playing next week oh no if, let's Maybe say he's never let's again say, let's say he was genuinely tightness and he's healthy is he coming in mm-hmm. not for me i'm uh where who's who are you dropping i don't know yeah i we've been through this jack martin roller coaster for a long time mm-hmm. it's cool well, he does something oh he's not good i'm over it I saw the three smalls do it. I'm over the Jack Martin experiment. He was close to being, he was actually the next one that was going to get voted into the Hall of Fame this week, purely because him not playing meant that Pitt played, meant that we won the game. I don't think he's bringing the pressure that the others do. I don't think he brings the work rate that the others do. I think we potentially play worse because of those two things compared to what anyone else can bring in this team. And if he's not bringing that, He has to be marking the ball. He has to be working his ass off to kick goals, to be doing those other flashy things that he's in there to do rather than just the pressure. I don't know if he can do it. He needs about six months in the twos of staying healthy and kicking seven goals a game for him to get into this team. And I'll be very disappointed at selection if he just walks back into this team. And I know a lot of fans will feel the same. Exactly the point I was just going to make. To all the criticism that we give him, Paddy yeah. Dow every week in the two. I didn't watch the game last night. I don't know yeah. if you did, but I heard that again. He gets thirty every week. He kicks goals. If Jack Martin doesn't go to the VFL and mm. kick a and kick a bag or dominate in the midfield, yeah, I'm like he's mm. even further down the hierarchy than I already have him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's, let's have some, let's have some integrity at selection and let's reward effort. And if yep. he's knocking down the door, you can come in, mate. As long as you're healthy. As long as you're healthy. Let's bring it home with the best in the business, Timmy Dub. There was a play halfway through where Geelong was just cruising the ball along the wing with hardly any pressure, and he thought we were cooked. But somehow we dug deep and defended our lead professionally. Have we finally exercised our demons? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And that's maybe a weird answer. Maybe it's a fence hit. So feel free to push me off if it is. But I think around around this... Look... There is going to be close games that we will play in. There's going to be close games that we win. There's going to be close games that we lose. And I don't want every single close game that we lose to be, oh, see, they haven't learned. They haven't done it. Yeah. Just be, just because we've got the lead, I want it to be relatively around the performance rather than just the results. I need, I need to see more of us being able to close out games. I'm hoping that we can take that step so it doesn't get as close and we can kind of finish it earlier. And maybe if we kick straight, yeah. maybe if other things happen then the game is done. Yeah. But I'm going to need to see that. Like like we tried not to go too overboard in the Richmond game saying it can still fix, but these are all the things that need to happen. It's the same with this one. It was good, mm. but it needs to keep happening because currently we have the worst performance and the best performance. It's hard to know what is the real Carlton. So I think, yeah, we will need to see a more consistent consistency of that final plays before I'm like, yeah, we've definitely, we've definitely sorted it. Totally. Yeah, I think there's a difference between 
kind of not being capable and also having those close losses. Like we're yeah. going to have another close loss this season. Oh yeah. And it, and it could and it could be because we completely bottle it or it could be that things just didn't go our way and mm. momentum and all those things. So I'm not going I can't say that they the demons are gone yet, but mm. we're getting there. We're in yeah. so much better position than mm. we were before that Melbourne game where yeah. We weren't ready to to mm. handle the, mm. the big stage, and we're getting there. And the positive, as I mentioned earlier, was just I felt the structure and what we were trying to do at stages was the correct call. And so if that's all there and those foundations are there and defenders are winning their one-on-ones and those little things are happening, mm. you're going to win more of those close ones than you lose. The, the, I think the base is there, and it's just adding those final touches, and hopefully that brings a bit of belief because I think one thing I just wanted to touch on before we end up ending this episode was like, I know yeah. so many people and who, I mean, who really gives a shit what other fans think, but a lot will, will go, Oh, Carlton think they're winning the flag again. They've won one game. Geelong had all these injuries. Like, get fucked. How many injuries do we have to have before that oh, becomes no. a factor to us? No, George, we, we haven't even mentioned it. We did this without George Hewitt, without Walsh <laughs> in the midfield and, and got it done. Like we have, everyone has their injuries. It's about the performance and like that mm-hmm. win, for us and the reason the Carlton fans go so hard, it's like one, like you mentioned, we're a buddy, we've got so many of us. Of course, the noise is going to be big. We've had years we of being shit. We want to see wins. And like why the fans went so big is like two reasons for it. Last week, we asked them so many questions. This week they answered with everything we wanted. And so you want to praise mm. that. And secondly, You've beat, I'll say there's three points. We beat the reigning premiers. That's a massive thing we haven't done since like 2012. Yeah. That's a big stepping stone for us. When do we ever do that against Geelong? We always seem to struggle against them. We pushed them and we bullied them. And then we finally held on in a close one after all the media came for us again. Carlton have yeah. lost a close one. It's the relief. It's the come on. We've done it. How good is this? And so I'm like, who gives a fuck? We're going to celebrate. We don't I'm care. Sure. We're the biggest fan base in this bloody competition. We run the AFL. Bloody oath, mate. Oh, I love you saving these big speeches for the end. I don't want you to bring them to the front anymore. No. You bring it home strong. For the people that stick with us for an hour, they deserve the Ian pump up at the end. It's a little bit of a sprinkle at the end, but uh, is that the end of the, uh, the listener questions? Do you have anything else or is that going to finish this episode for us? That's done it. I think we've got... Uh, next thing will be our, our build-up of the big game with the Orange team. <sighs> The Orange team, we'll see if we can uh, continue this momentum, which, of course, the Baggers win. So, yes, keep your eyes peeled. We'll be doing a build-up show throughout the week. We'll be posting about it, when it's going to happen, when it's going to get released, all of that. So follow us at the socials at Navy Blue Corner. Subscribe, like, all that. You know, you've you've listened to me do it enough. I thought it could go a week without it. And I'm going to trust that you guys, you get the routine by now. I'm not going to have to mention it. But, look, we will be back here next week as well after a massive win against the Orange team. Go the buddy baggers. See you guys next time.